first of all, this is um, not um, the session that I'm planning to lead. I have a whole list of pieces that you guys have submitted to me that we're going to have you guys lead. Lene has got several questions brought. Um, Dave Hodgson was supposed to be here. He said he's got something he was going to share. But um, so excited to have this opportunity to be together as choir teachers. Um, I showed this a little bit in the K-8 section, but one of the things that's been transformative for my teaching over the past three, new, three or four years is um, using this app called, sorry, for score and, sorry, we are in a long video right here. Let me get out of this teacher at the time, and I said, did you ever study this poem? No, but maybe I'll have to pull that one out and look it up. And we made some connections with the book of Proverbs, 
and maybe you'll see some things in there that might uh, fit for that too. So, did we get them all passed out nicely? All right. Let's let's just give it a try.
my girls really like metal.
Uh, and all four of these pieces, our program has sort of taken a hit with down enrollment and then increased requirements. And so we have a lot of kids who can't take AP government and take choir, or can't take all four years of Spanish and take. And so I've lost some numbers. And so looking for four part pieces that are going to give them a challenge, but not be way out of yeah. just with small groups. So these are two pieces I found. This first one is is great if you use solfege, great teaching uh, solfege song because it's really repetitive. Um, and if you have a soloist or a couple soloists, uh, it's also great. So feel free to take that solo if you want. But we'll just take that through. So you want to have a song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. T-shirt, T-shirt. I got it. <laughs> Here it goes. I'm just gonna cut in four since it's it's uh, for me.
I can't actually not hear the seal lullaby at the very end, if you know that song. And then the last one I have is Tariquita. Uh, I'm always looking for music of other cultures to share. Um, and some of them are easy to find. It's easy to find a Latin piece. It's easy to find a, a you know, Spanish piece, you know, even German, pretty simple. This is actually, um, I did some research, this is Indian, as in the country of India, not Native American. Or, or, um, this is from the country of India. It is, um, the woman is uh, from, but she wrote this actually with a group from LA. It is supposed to be the imitation of a drum. Sometimes when you get to some of those, the text is problematic. If you work in a Christian school, you might not be able to. But all these, these are nonsense words to imitate the sound of a drum. What I loved about it is that you don't do a sharp T in these. Tarakita, it's Tarakita, which you don't have to worry about today, but it was great for my students to have to think about how they make sound when they do text, so it was just a lot of fun. It's really fast, so we won't go real, um, we won't take it back.
turns out that like it goes really quick. I would encourage you to listen to it on YouTube. It's really kind of fun to listen to, but it's a fun. Thank
anyone else have something they brought in and wants to share? If you have time, I have a couple of things on the table over there. But. That'd be great, Candice. Okay, for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is a piece that I'm starting with my group on Monday. Um, it's a Christmas piece by Dan Forrest. Um, I have a super big music crush on Dan Forrest right now. So. <laughs> myself no more than one Dan Forrest song per concert. talks about just putting into practice what the scene of Christmas was all about. So um, a lot of, there is some divisi when we get to page six, but I just completely took a pencil and, you know, crossed out notes and I'm going to just make it work for my group. So um, I always feel the creativity to do so, you know, just make it work for your group. So um, choose whatever notes you'd like to see there. All right, alto tenor. One, two, three, and uh, and soprano.
So today's great choirs. Um, I heard you say that you have a mandatory middle school choir, and I have the same thing. By the way, yeah. And I have seventh and eighth graders, all, you know, it's like 60 kids in the room at the time. So, um, Alex, you find Alex, 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 and then just the front two rows of guys, the back two rows of guys, we've all, um, this year we have all the guys singing, you know, like tenor ish range stuff. So then it's an issue of, well, what key do you do? Because <laughs> um, that's that's a big range, so um, we just we do it in key of E. Um, works pretty nicely for most of the male voices, and others we train them at what point we flip the octave. And so, but that way um, they know what to do when they're cycling. Yes, Kansas. Do you uh, what? Do you write these in a program, or like are you getting these? I did this in Sibelius and just Sibelius. Okay. Yeah, but. Um, I have this in a PowerPoint that I shared two years ago, so I, if you have interest in this, these are from Jean Ashworth Bartle. Um, I first heard her present that um, uh, MSVMA summer workshop um, back in like 99 or something like that, a long time ago. And in fact, at that time, she was the choir the uh, director of the Children's Choir of Toronto, Toronto Children's Choir. And she did it in the key of E flat, so I was, ooh, we're doing this in E flat. And then I heard her three years later do the same session at your music conference, and she was in the key of D. Like, well, I used to do E flat, but I found that D is a little bit more relaxing for the children's voices. So, um, anyway, it's super helpful just building that. And then the next one is, you know, doing the full scale. Um, how to navigate large octaves or large intervals like that, and um, especially as you um, descend, how to navigate the leaves and make it delicate. So it's super helpful. Yes. Just a quick question: um, Is there a reason why, or you would think? I know you got this from someone else, but to do the descending first? Yes. To take the, the beautiful light yeah, voice down rather than the heavy. And just we're so used to doing the other way. I just thought that was interesting, and I just uh, point that out. Another resource too, just to bring out, I, I use a sheet with all of these on it, very similar to this from Dr. Mary Hopper from Wheaton College. So she she's way into this too, and um, I don't know who she is, but I have it all on the sheet, and that's the first thing I have every year. So um, just to memorize these. So David, you do these last three with what grade level? Um. This one I start doing with third graders. Um, but the, the scale I do every day with first graders. Sure. And um, we start doing it with thirds. Right, what now? October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, okay. with our first graders. Um, we have a looping rigor, so first and second grade is the same material on an alternating year because of combined classes for a schooler size. Um, third grade, we do a lot of soul bash, like writing and things like that. Um, most of you know, like class work. And then middle school, they're doing it in three parts where they write the stuff, we sing it to check their work, that kind of thing. So, um, Solfege is, is a gift. I'm so blessed to have all these sessions at um, MSVMA. I can't thank enough. Show me one day. Solfege is such a gift. The way she presented it, you know, she started out with her choirs. Like um, singing down the scale, a half step apart. Like, how do you do this? As long as like, well, I don't know. You guys sounded bad. That's bad. Cause, but anyway, you, you develop the ability to do this stuff over time. So Shirley Lemon was just a great example of. She just threw herself into this um, without knowing much about it and saw the benefits. And, and she said she never really leaves the solfege even once the kids know it well. The tuning starts getting a little bit off. Huh? Let's take the text away. Now, I never teach from my um, laptop, but that's what we have to do today because... David, you should show what you just did in the other thing. Show how you take the text away and put the soul back. That was really informative. I will do that, but... Um, I have this from you. But this one...
this in our opinion, and it's really fun to have we've got a very kind of confidence that the future on show fans can cool. Um but it's cool too because the guys are they're actually singing the lament bass line. They're singing the chromatic descending bass line. So teaching them all to do all those half steps and stuff. So um, that is pretty much all that we have time for. Um, any questions or Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called December scheme. Is that Gray? Yeah, Gilbert. Gilbert, yep. Okay. I am struggling. I'm sorry. I don't use on the laptop. I'm going to use it. It's very Gilbert. Okay. Yeah, Sean. Also, all of the pieces that we did today, including this one and a couple of others, are on the, the website. So um, if you look up this session, there's a, um, a document that has all the stuff listed and all the sure stuff. So um, including that lovely book. Um, what was the one that's uh, Maria? What was the title? Um, there is no rose. Yes. I love how that you said it was the, the choir, boy choir tradition. Great stuff. The piece is entirely bad. Time. There wasn't a single chromatic note in the piece. I just love that approach to uh, the distance. Stravinsky did a lot of the late uh, 40s and 50s. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you.